Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everyone? Brett here, bringing you another episode of The Rad Dads Show, the parenting podcast where we ask inspiring dads the question, what does it mean to be a rad dad? On this episode, I'm super excited to share an interview with Matt Burns. Matt plays guitar for Florida's Debt Neglector, who just released their latest LP, Dirty Water, on Smart Punk Records. And coincidentally, he also works for Smart Punk Records. In addition, Matt's also a rad dad to two children, a three-year-old girl and a nine-month-old boy. So needless to say, it's busy around the Burns household. This was such a fun conversation. We talked about how routines are important in Matt's household and about kids' food preferences and trying not to take it personally when your kids don't like whatever it is you made them to eat. We also spent a good while chatting about taking care of your mental health as a parent. Matt emphasizes how it's important to remember you're not alone in parenting and how it's critical to ask for help when you need it. And of course, we dove deep on Debt Neglector's new record and the band's plans for 2022. It's so funny. We just got chatting as soon as we got on the line. So it took until about 10 minutes in before we actually introduced Matt. But it turned out to be such good conversation that I didn't want to edit any of this out. So let's get to it. Here's Matt Burns on The Rad Dad Show. It's a a fun thing and it's like experiencing new things. But I think it's, I can compare it to like when I talk to younger bands who have like never really toured, I'm like, I could tell you how to prepare for it. And I could tell you like what happens. But until you're out there and you're living it, you're not going to like fully grasp what it is. And it's like, yeah, you're going to love it and you're going to hate it. And it's going to be the best and the worst times. And it's, it's just, just like it. anything else. You just have to like get into it and, and experience it. Right. Like, yeah, there, there's, sure. there's there's I think there's really no amount of preparation you can do um, as a parent. Like there, I mean, I guess there's things you can do. People, people read books and yeah, you know, whatever like you podcasts and stuff. Yeah. Now. You talk to, talk to people and stuff, but it doesn't sort of click. It doesn't make sense until you're, you're in it. But I do yeah. think like having a network and talking about some of the stuff is super important, right? Like um, there's so sure. many times when you're like, am I doing this right? Like, is this normal? Like, right. is it okay to feel this way? Like, you know, I'm, I, like I'm, I I'm still, like, yeah. I'm still walking that tightrope. Every yeah. day, I'm like, is, "Is this how I should react to the situation? Is this how I should reprimand my child for doing something bad? Right. It's like how I should te- like present a teaching moment and a coaching moment." And it's like, who knows, man? Like every every parent's different, every kid's different, and it's just like you need to find like that magic uh, tether between the two, and yep. like you with your child. Um, are going to have a special bond. And it's like, it's funny that you mentioned like the preparedness because I was very, I don't want to say against like the books or the podcast, but my mm-hmm. wife was very for it. And she was like listening to her mom and her friends. And we, uh, luckily, enough, luckily enough, a lot of my friends kind of like had their first kid within a year or two of each other. So we we're all oh, kind nice. of like doing this together. And it's really like, it takes a village kind of thing. For sure. Um, but I was just like, you know what? I could read as much as I can, but I know that none of it is going to make a difference when I'm in the moment and I forget all that. And it's kind of like a fight or flight thing. And I was like, I kind of just want to go into it and like, listen to what the doctors have to say and kind of like no emergency situations, but just come at it with an open mind of like, okay, well, you know, my kid's sick. This is what's happening. I'm going to figure it out. And uh, my wife and I were very much on two different sides, which I think is, a good thing because yeah. she is my, we're each other's voice of reason during 
times like that um, and just like heightened scenarios. And yeah, I'm very much a uh, kind of improv with everything I do. I'm very much like, I'll figure it out when I get there. Yeah. Yeah. Like vacations. I'm like, I don't need an itinerary. I'm going to get there. I'll figure out what I want to eat at that time. I'll, you know, maybe getting a hotel is something different, but my wife is a very, very much a planner, very much like here's what we're doing. And I love that about her. And it's also drives me crazy. Yeah. I'm like, I just want to like, I just want to live. I just want to be, just experience it. Yeah. Take in like what's happening then and there and not be like, I have to, I have dinner reservations I have to go to or something like that. But um, we are very much a yin and yang and it works awesome for us. So I'm very thankful for that. Well, that's the thing, right? Like every dynamic is going to be a little bit different. um, And you just have to find what works right between those personality types. (laughs) Sounds like very similar to my situation with my wife as well. Like, even talking about vacation, we're kind of exactly the same, like, but kind of, but kind of the opposite where I, oh, really? I'm a planner, right? Like I'm the anxious guy. I'm the planner. I'm like, okay, like I'll plan these basic things. And then she kind of like handles that kind of day to day, but I'm like, I need to know, like, you know, where, when are the flights? What, where are we staying? Like, where are we going? Like book the trains? Like that's, that's me. So yeah. um, it's a bit that way with like parenting too, but it's, it's funny how that, like your personality influences your parenting too. Right. Um, Absolutely. That same thing Absolutely. about kind of being prepared. Like I got to read the books. Like that gives you some comfort, whether or not it's helpful, who knows, but it gives right. you that comfort. Right. I think like the universal feeling of you're not alone is very much like my comfort level of this. It's yeah. like, I know I'm not the first person to go through this. I know that, you know, um, humans have been, animals have been raising their young ones for years and years and years. So I know I'm not the first person to experience this. So it's like, I'm not gonna be the last. I know people get through it. And it's, that's like my, uh, my therapy session to myself during like those times. Like I remember um, kind of as the pandemic started, um, I think my daughter was about a year old and I was just kind of like, losing my mind like not knowing what was going to happen not knowing how to do it and uh, my therapist was like well you know just think about like worst case scenario and talk that out in your head and like is that really that bad or is there an ending that's like okay you know that sucks but it's not the worst thing in the world and it's like oh okay so now I I try to talk everything out in my head and like think about the possible like the actual possible endings of scenarios and be like okay it's not that bad let me make sure it doesn't get there and kind of like work this out. Um, but yeah, just knowing that, you know, my parents raised me and two older brothers. I'm like, that sounds insane to raise three boys in a house. Like I have a, a, yeah, I have a son and a daughter that are two years apart. Me and my brothers are all four years apart. We used to fight. Like we took knives out at each other. Like we (laughs) would wrestle each other. It was like bad, like probably, maybe not as bad as it possibly could be, but we were not the friendliest of, uh, kids growing up together but we're much better now thankfully uh yeah. now that we're all adults and have kids of our own and stuff like that but um yeah it was bad I was like this is this is a walk in the park compared to what they had to go through like my kids are just like crying and trying to steal each other's like toy car like this is easy it's so hard um, to have that perspective though hey like it it yeah. sounds it sounds easy on paper to be like yeah other people have been through this and you know it's really not that bad but in the moment it's hard. Right? Yeah. Cause it's in the moment, this is all that matters. Like yeah. it's very much tunnel vision. It's 
This is the worst thing that anyone has ever gone through in their entire life and nothing will ever get worse. And it's like, dude, just relax. Like it's fine. Right. Right. Yeah. Like finding a way to pull yourself back from that situation and like take a breath. That's for me, that's like the the most important thing. That's the hardest thing to do, but when you do it and you're successful at it, you're like, Oh, okay. That wasn't so bad. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm a very emotional person. So like I, I take offense to everything my kids do. I'm like, why won't you eat my food? It's like I slaved in the kitchen for this. And it's like, Oh, they just, don't want this right now it's fine right and it's not even it's so funny it's like not even that they don't like it like sometimes they just don't want to eat it just because they know it pisses you off too and like oh my god and that's a normal behavior for kids yeah they're just kind of like learning those those boundaries and and pushing the envelope and stuff and so yeah not take it personal man that's it's hard it's like and it's day by day like one day my daughter will love broccoli the next day she goes oh that's disgusting i'm like where did you learn the word disgusting a, right b this is great like you loved this yesterday what are you talking about yeah but it's it's a very funny uh dynamic and it's it's crazy because obviously as an adult you know i can have rational conversations with people but talking to my three and yeah. a half year old she is always right a she's very strong-willed which is like so funny but also so frustrating um and it's just like i just need to learn to shut up like i'm not going to win like whatever you want you'll get but in the moment yeah i'm just like why won't you do this thing like yeah. you love you love wearing this outfit why do you not want to wear any clothes right now we need to go to the store like come well, on well i think that's like it like it's funny as you're talking about it i'm kind of like connecting something here that like um i think it's it's because for us we feel so much satisfaction. Like yesterday when you were like, here's this broccoli and they ate it and you're like, oh, I figured it out. The here's best. the thing they like, right? Yeah. I got it. So then tomorrow you're ready with the broccoli. Yeah. And then they, what? You don't like it anymore? What are you talking about? Yeah. Like I had this oh, figured out. Easy. I got this. Like all you gotta yeah. do is make, it, make a sandwich every day. Classic easy. example is bedtime, right? Like you, you, you got it figured out. They had a, they went to bed. Good. They slept good. You think you got the system figured out and. It's like next week, it's totally different. My daughter was waking up every hour on the hour last night. It was oh, like man. crying. And I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, I don't want to sleep. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't want to? It's two in the morning. What do you mean you don't want to <laughs> sleep? Like, that's insane to me. All I want to do is sleep like forever. Like, all I want to do is always be sleeping. You have the opportunity. You don't take it. This is crazy. Yeah. But she's, you, yeah, you... she's like, no, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, she's like, oh, read me a book. I'm like, I'm not reading you. Like, she's been really into Christmas books right now. Like, as soon as yeah. Thanksgiving is over, uh, my mother-in-law, like, got her all these, like, Christmas books. She's like, oh, read me the Christmas books. I'm like, I'm not reading you this, like, 40-page Christmas book at 2 in the morning. Like, I'm going back to bed. I need you to stop crying, please, and just close your eyes for a little bit. Right. Um, and then I'm, like, wheeling and dealing with my daughter. Like, okay, I'll make you chocolate chip pancakes in the morning, but you need to go to bed right now. And it's, yeah. it's dealing with the devil. You know what I mean? Like, I know. As soon as I wake up, she's like, oh, chocolate chip pancakes for breakfast. And I'm like, I wish you would have forgotten And that. what's the what's the expectation going to be tomorrow, right? Right, exactly. How do I want up that? <laughs> I got to make them into shapes now. It's crazy. Right. Well, so Matt, we like totally just like got right into it, which is great. And Sorry we'll, about that. No, 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 it's <laughs> fine. We'll, we'll, we'll pick up on it. So um, I hit record while we were kind of talking. I'm cool. sure you saw that. Um, yeah. But let's, let's just stop for two seconds. I want to give you an opportunity to tell people who you are. We kind of always start by asking, who are you? 
Cool, yeah. Um, my name is Matt Burns. Uh, I label manage for Smart Punk Records, based here in Orlando, Florida. I've been on the team, I think it was 2017 that I joined over here. Um, and I was like, I kind of started off doing social media stuff, doing the newsletter, um, kind of like doing all of the lowly work that no one else really wanted to do. And we're a small team as it is. Um, but then it was just like, back then we weren't really putting out many records and uh, the team really wanted to focus on doing that. Um, it started off as like a reissue label. I think the first two things were Game Face and Set Your Goals that they put out on vinyl. And there's like, okay, we're going to be like a vinyl only reissue yep. label. That's what we want to do. It's like, okay, cool. And then it's like, okay, we're going to start putting out our friends' bands. Like now that we have a little bit of a platform, we're going to be an online distro, much like you know, smart punk of yesteryear used to be, right? Um, which it's a completely different company now. Uh, same name, different company, which helps and hurts. Uh, we, we've seen both sides of it. Um, but we're like, okay, we're going to be an online vinyl distro and we're going to reissue these records and we're going to put our friends records out as well. It's like, okay, cool. And then it's like, we would get hit up by random bands. It's like, oh, this band's good. Like we should release their records. Like, okay, but we really don't know what we're doing like how like and right. it's just like okay uh, i guess we're just going to figure it out and that's kind of been the mo of the band uh, i'm sorry of the label uh since 2017 is kind of like okay well we have you know distribution through um it was sony red uh back then and still with them for our physical right now and uh i was i remember like coming into it being like hey i'm new to the team uh, I don't really know what I'm doing. Like, how do I submit records? And and they were absolutely incredible over there and like kind of held my hand through everything. Awesome. And yeah, I mean, it was like everything from like, here's how you, um, I, I think pitching to like Spotify labels was like kind of brand new back then. Like it was still small teams at Spotify where you actually had like the curator's email addresses. It's like, oh, here's what you should like, yeah, say to like this person at Spotify, this person at Apple Music um here's like what you should include on your one sheet that we can send out to stores and promo copies all stuff I was like oh cool cool like writing everything down um and just I was I was very green to the whole thing because I've been playing in music since I was 13 I think I'm 33 now um and I remember like I remember the first show I went to like the first local show I went to and buying a cd and being like the only thing I want to do for the rest of my life is play music like yep it changed cool. my life instantly. Um, and like that night, I, I like kind of knew how to play guitar a little bit because my dad and my older brother played. Yep. Um, and I used to like read tabs and like that. I learned, I think Damn It was my first song I learned on guitar nice. and stuff like that. Um, so it's like I knew kind of like how to play a C chord and a G chord. And like I wrote lyrics for the first time. And yeah, from then on out, it was like local band, local band, local band. I got to tour a bit. Um, I ran a venue with my dad in South Florida. It was like an all ages, like warehouse venue. And we did that for years and years. And it was awesome. Um, I worked at a recording studio in Lakeland, Florida for a couple of years. And I was doing engineering, editing, running their social media. Wow. And yeah, so I've been like, I was on every, almost every side of like the music side of it, except for the business side. And I was always very weary of it because it's like music business is A, scary. And right. be a lot of the, I mean, I don't know if I should say this, but a lot of people are just kind of crappy people. Like 
it's it's well known that a lot of people don't like the suits of the industry or whatever. Right. Um, and I like to think that now it's a lot different than it was back then. I, I think there was a big boom of like a lot of rich people throwing money at whoever. And yeah, the 90s, signing. 2000s kind of time. Yeah, crazy deals where the band pretty much signs their life away and it's like not making any money. Um, you know, that kind of stuff still happens. I still see it from time to time. But I think with the internet and a lot of people seeing what's out there and what bands can kind of do on their own without label support is uh, huge. Right. Um, and I even tell my bands like, yo, if, if you don't need a label, you shouldn't necessarily do it. Like if the label can provide something for you that you can't do, then that's something that you need labels help for. But if you can do everything that they're telling you, do it on your own and take all the money. Like that's your money. It's your music. It's your publishing. Get it. Like let this be your career. So you don't have to work at Starbucks, which I love Starbucks. I worked at Starbucks for 12 years while I was doing everything. I was like, you don't have to work at Starbucks and do this. Like right. you can just do it full time. Um, yeah, there are some bands, bands that do that, right? Like it awesome. can be done now. Like MXPX it's, it's is one I look at all the time. Like, yeah, you know, they, they do everything. They have a big team and they sort of control all aspects of it now, which is it's so great. Like, interesting doing live streams, doing your own merch, like doing your own ticketing, um, putting out your own records, re-releasing your own records later on. Like it's, there's so much money to be had that a lot of times the band won't see. And then, you know, even after band gets it, the manager gets a cut, you know, X, Y, Z, they all get the cut. So the band's left splitting however much between however many people. And it's, there's a lot of stuff that's like hard to swallow. Um, when you are in a band and you're kind of new to it. So luckily for the state of the world right now, you know, information is viable for anyone. You mm -hmm. could do a Google search and be like, what's normal, what's not normal. You can see um, people from all sides of the music, music industry giving their perspective on what's what. And it's great because you can do that for recording. You could do that for um, graphic design. Like you can do that for cooking. I. Right. I use YouTube as like my school for almost everything I've done in the last five or six years. Uh, right. It's kind of crazy. Like I did go to actual college and I think I've learned more via YouTube videos than anything. <laughs> and if only I would not gone into debt from that. Uh, right. Exactly. That's, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so yeah, that's amazing. Like, cause it's funny talk about smart punk. Like when, so I'm a little bit older than you. I'm 37, but I kind of remember like, I feel like smart punk. I remember seeing smart punk, like, or the smart punk stage at the warp tour. Yeah. When I would go smart to the warp tour, smart punk comps. I kind of, in my mind, I remember smart punk being like, like an online merch store, basically like, yeah, th that's kind of what it was. And then, you know, over the last few years, it seems like it's been a big change, right? We're like crazy vinyl reissues, like cool, you know, colorways and, and stuff like that happening. Um, it's a label now, like you've got some great artists and including you haven't talked about it, but your band. Yes, yeah, so I am also in a band. I play guitar and sing in a band called Debt Neglector, which uh, I'm the new guy in the band. They're actually on the label before I joined. Okay. And, uh, them and their original guitarists had parted ways and they were looking for somebody. And I had like, I hadn't played in a band in a couple of years and Jordan, who's at the label also was like, oh, oh why, don't, why don't you play with this band? I was like, I, I can fit in. They're like, they're a real punk band. Like I've never, I've been playing like 
pop punk and like alt rock, like Jimmy World style kind of stuff. And I was like, I'll met like, I love No Effects. I love Battery Religion. That's what I grew up on. I was like, I'm not like good enough to be in a real punk band. Um, but I just like sat in on a practice and like we just all connected really well. And it's it's fun. Like it's it's great because it's none of us are like really like punk guys. Like our drummer is right. like a metal guy. Our guitarist is very much like a Beatles uh, replacements. Um, yeah. Power like pop sort of stuff. Jazz musician growing yeah. up, like knows every note, every chord. And he just plays like really weird, like uh, descendants, like solos whenever he's doing stuff and like notes. And I'm like, why would you go to that? note? he's like, oh, it's the major ninth, whatever. Yeah. Like, God, that's so cool. Like, I wish I knew. I know what you're talking about because like I know theory a little bit, but it's like I wish I could translate that into what I'm doing because I'm ba- I'm basic. I'm octave chords, I'm power chords, and like right. that's kind of it. Uh, but we all we all found our place, and it's it's really awesome, and it's some of the most fun I've had playing music ever. Um, you know, even I'm the second youngest in the band at 33. Uh, our singer just turned 40, and it's just like it it rocks. We, I couldn't be more stoked to be with a group of people um than i am right now so. right and and you guys just put out a new record earlier this month which yeah. kicks ass thank you so by the way it's so that. good thank um, you uh yeah so um, i think we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit but okay i want to kind of bring it back so smart punk debt neglector you're also a dad so i'm also a father of two yeah yeah uh, how old i just have three and a half uh, going on 20. Yeah. Um, so before in April and then my son just turned nine months. Uh, and he's, he's the best. He's like so smiley and he's like just very stoked on life. And it's the, the highlight of my day, like going home and just seeing him like bright eyed, bushy tails, like waiting for me to give him a hug. It's like that as my nightcap is the best thing I could ask for. Um, but both of them, I mean, they're both incredible kids. They're both so smart already. Uh, and, they just make me want to be a better person in all aspects of my life. And that's like the best thing that I could ask for. Um, and, and like give advice. I was like, these are the most trying times being a parent and especially being a parent during the pandemic and not really knowing mm-hmm. how to uh, handle any situation really, whether it be like people approaching your kids or you going out to a store or anything like that like everything's kind of switched but also just like being a parent for the first time being a parent of two for the first time and you know it's not uh twice as hard it's almost exponentially harder <laughs> i would agree and no one ever told me that shit and i was just like oh this is like way more difficult than i ever thought it would be like having one kid cry is one thing but having two kids in two separate rooms crying is like which one do i go to first and like right. <laughs> It's a lot of weird things that you have to think about that you never thought you'd have to think about. Um, But they're both the best kids. Um, I I love them to death, obviously. And uh, I I couldn't be happier with it. But yeah, it's it's the label. It's the band. Uh, I'm father of two. I also own a coffee. I co-own a coffee shop here in Orlando uh, with my friend Tanner, who used to be in a band called You Blew It. Um, He's in a band called Couplet now, who also put out a record this year that's like awesome 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 stuff cool um so yeah i i have my hands more than full more than full i need an extra 24 hours in a day to like get everything that i need to get done and i i don't know how to ask for help and i'm not very good at accepting help when it's offered 
and I need to get better at that, uh, which I do talk to my therapist about. And, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Like, I love it. I, I love being busy. Um, it's crazy that like anytime I'm, I'm on vacation, I'm like, I'm away from everything and I can like breathe deeply. I love it for like a full day. I'm like all of that. And then I'm like, all right, I'm bored. I need to like get into some stuff again. Um, so that's sort of your personality is just to like being busy kind of fuels you to some, some degree. Yeah. And I think I've just kind of been that way, you know, since I was a teenager, like I graduated high school at 16. Like I just wanted to get out and be done with it. And I didn't do anything for two years. I worked at the venue with my dad. Um, and like, I worked, um, just like side jobs and stuff like that. And then at 18, I started working at Starbucks. I had started my band. Um, and then I was also working, I think at Whole Foods and I was doing like two jobs on a band full time. And it was like, I was up at 3.30 in the morning to go to work and I'd work until like noon. And then I worked the other job like one to nine. And then I'd have band practice till like one. And then I get yeah. two hours of sleep. And it's like, the only way I lived was coffee and like taking naps throughout the day, yeah. which I don't recommend this life for anybody. It's awful. <laughs> Please get as much sleep as you can. Um, but th- that's what I did. And like, when I was on tour, I was always the guy who would drive from like midnight to six or 7 a.m. because I don't mind like being awake all the time. Like I could be a night owl. I could sleep anywhere at any time, probably because I've, I'm always trying to catch up on sleep. Um, so this, yeah, I've always, this trained you for having kids, the sleeplessness. Oh yeah. I was, <laughs> that has, no, yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Now it's like, if I don't get six hours, I'm a little bit groggy, Yeah, but I'm like, I used to sleep literally two to three hours a night and be fine and like be able to function as a normal human being now it's like i need six hours i need two cups of coffee at least like i have my checklist of things i got to do right before i could like answer anyone's question in the morning um but it's really funny to kind of put that in perspective but yeah i've been burning the candle at both ends for over a decade well over a decade yeah insane to think about that was your that was your dad training um yeah. do you consider yourself a rad dad <laughs> I think so. Um, it's, it's disheartening when my daughter says that I'm not cool, but I think <laughs> that I'm doing cool stuff for her to say that. But like, uh, I always try to like, it's so for me, I feel it's so there's so many more resources now in being a dad and to like introduce my personality into my kids without like forcing them into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like watching Yo Gabba Gabba or like, even watching like Sesame Street and some of the guests on Sesame Street yeah. or, um, you know, there's a lot of like Disney movies and Disney shorts that like kind of a lot of cross parallels between like what I'm into and what my daughter's learning about or my son's a little young, but like what he'll be learning about. And I think that's such a cool like opportunity, like, you know, watching all of these like little kids on these TV shows, like play instruments. Yep. My daughter like, she re- recently, like, we got her this drum full of, like, percussion things, and she just starts walking around, like, playing this drum, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is so annoying. But I'm also like, oh, this is cool that she's, like, into it. You yeah. Know? I play guitar, and she comes over, and she, like, strums the strings, and I'm like, yeah, this cool. is great. Um, so there, there is some cross in, in those ways of, of stuff, which is fun. So I, I think that I like to think I'm a rad dad. I like to think that I'm teaching uh, her her about things that, you know, 
I didn't really know about until I was older. Like, um, and, and that's nothing against my parents, but like, uh, my daughter loves baking with my wife and like, right. I didn't start cooking until I like kind of had to at 16. Like my parents would always cook for me. So like I learned how to cook an egg at 16 or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I think that where I am now, like I wouldn't, I think cooking and food is a big part of my life now and her having that at two, three years old and just like loving it and learning about like using the math in that way. And like using her cognitive thinking of like mixing things together and stuff like that is great. Um, so is it like, loves- is, is it like shared experiences for you? Is that kind of how you, I guess, define it? Like if I kind of ask you the question of like, well, what's a rad dad? Like a lot of the things you're telling me are sort of like, you're able to kind of have a shared experience with your child. Like maybe it's things you're interested in, or maybe it's things they're interested in or both, but yeah, kind of enjoying it together. I think so. And it's, again, it's every day is different. Like I'll put on like an off Ivy record and my daughter will like dance around and love it. And the next day I put it on and she's like, I want to listen to frozen. And I'm like, okay, we'll listen to frozen for the millionth time today. That's fine. But uh, it's fun to like experience like that kind of stuff. And um, my wife is really into like indie pop and kind of like pop music in general. And I'm into it as well, but obviously I come from more of like a punk background. So like I'll put on No Doubt and yep. my daughter will be like, oh, this is mommy's music because it's Gwen Stefani thing. I'm like, well, this is daddy's music. And, you know, it, it could be a, a girl singing for loud music or it could be a boy singing for loud music. It could be a, a girl singing right. for soft music. And like she's trying to like cross the gender conformity at a young age um, is also a really interesting thing to do. Yeah, like... So, because I, I think it is very widely accepted now. Um, I think, you know, having a, I don't want to say genderless child, but, you know, tomboys or like boys that play with Barbies, like it, it's not a, a thing that people are like aghasted by anymore. It's kind of more normal. Um, so kind of introducing those platforms and like what can be crossed at such a young age where, you know, they only think of like, they, they watch Disney shows and the girl is the princess. Right. Um, and being like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. A boy can wear a dress too. Like, and she'll put her younger brother in dresses often. And it's really yeah. funny. We're like paint his nails and stuff like that. It's really funny. Um, but like, I'll have her paint my nails. I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, I love doing this stuff. And just teaching that like fluid nature of it doesn't have to be this one way, I think is a very important thing. And I think, um, you know, being a red dad is different from everyone. But I think it's like, if you're being a good person, if you're teaching your kids good values that's kind of like the plot that's the ticket you know it's no one's gonna be perfect you're not gonna be great at your job every day you're not gonna be a great dad every day but it's like it's what you're kind of teaching that's going to be the aha moment for them for like when they get older and something clicks it like I think that's what's huge um and I think that I have a lot of that from my parents of like they were much very free thinkers and they let us kind of like figure things out on our own. And, you know, at times I was really frustrating. Um, but I think it definitely helped all three of me, myself and me and my brothers helped us out as adults. And, and even in our adolescence of like what to do in certain situations, it's like, you'll be put in a situation where there's 
no right or wrong answer. Right. Like it doesn't, have, life isn't black and white, obviously. Um, it's mostly gray. And it's like, well, which do you do? Do you take the right path or the left path? And it's like, they're not wrong answers. It's just going to be a different outcome. Is that um, a conscious thing that you, like you talked about your dad and well, about your parents and mm-hmm. um, their parenting style, sort of letting you figure things out on your own. Is that a conscious thing that you have taken sort of from them or is it, do you think it's more subconscious and just to own reflection? Both. Yeah. I think I naturally will do that, but sometimes I'll be like, I'm not going to impose my views on what they're doing. I'm going to yeah. let them make a choice. And I have to like stop myself from like intervening and being like, all right, well, if you don't want to eat now, you can go to bed, but you're going to wake up hungry or you can eat now and go to bed and you won't wake up hungry. And it's right. like, you know, what, what does that do to you? And what does that do to them? And like, also, what does it, is it going to affect my life? And am I okay with letting them make that choice that affects my life? And there's a lot of like moving yep. parts for every single thing. Um, but it's, it's fun and it's interesting, but I do think the form of free thinking kind of allows uh, for more information to be gathered by them. Um, giving them, as much experience as they can as a child without harming themselves, obviously, but like being like, okay, well, I'm going to go outside without shoes. Like, okay, well, you might step on a rock and and hurt yourself or you can wear shoes. What do you want to do? And they'll go outside and they'll be fine or they'll go outside and they'll hurt themselves. Like, okay, well, you know, we learned next time we'll put shoes on when we go outside or we won't, you know, it's there, there's no right or wrong answer, but you just need to accept the consequence of whatever you choose. And I think that's a very, important life lesson to do because oftentimes there's no right or wrong answer and there's definitely not somebody who's like showing you which way to go you know it's very much a self-learning curve and I think it probably you know in a lot of ways depends on the child and, Mm -hmm. and what they respond to it depends on you and what you're comfortable with like you said like I think that's so true and and like something that sounds maybe really simple but um is really not that um, it really just depends. Like there, there's no right or wrong answer. Like I, I think about like, you know, times when I've like flown off the handle or something, yell at my kids or something. Um, and afterwards you just feel terrible, right? Like oh just God, the worst, <laughs> but it doesn't mean that you've like screwed them up. Like, okay. So you kind of correct and you figure it out for next time. Right. It's a kind of a learning experience for the whole family. Like when, yeah. When those things happen, whether it's I stepped on a rock outside because I didn't put shoes on, or it's like we had a big fight in the kitchen over something, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you kind of navigate that as a family. So, um, yeah, it's such an interesting kind of concept. And every day it seems like it's changing, right? Yeah. It's, it's funny because my wife is very, um, she can easily take herself out of a situation, be very calm and like calmly direct the the kids to like what mm-hmm. she wants to do and I'm very hot-headed <laughs> and like I will yell and I'll feel terrible and my daughter will be crying and I'm like hey I'm sorry for yelling that was my bad I shouldn't raise my voice at you I got upset because of this and it's like kind of like explaining myself yeah. uh, of why I got upset. not that I should have gotten upset that's that's on me and that's yeah, something that yeah. I have to live with you know mm. probably for eternity knowing how my guilt rides my back yeah um but to let her know like me me getting upset wasn't your fault but this is the reason why and you know i'm i'm sorry for reacting that way 
but I, I would really like for like, this is what I would like, or like, I think you should be doing this instead. Um, and trying to find that like reasoning between it all. Um, right. In the I end, am, I think it's like, it's, you kind of just have to have this supportive environment, I guess. And like, there's going to be times and there's tension and that's also good for kids to learn, I guess, too, that like, okay, here's how we deal with conflict. Like mm-hmm. here's how you apologize. Right. You right. kind of model that behavior like, oh, I screwed up. I'm going to apologize. Yeah. Right. Not that it's and OK to, to, to yell or fly off the handle. <laughs> I'm the same as you. Like you're you're describing like perfectly our situation. Sometimes I'm like, I cannot believe how my wife is keeping her composure right now. I hate like, it. I hate <laughs> like when she's so yeah. calm and cool. I'm like, God, I, I want to yell so loudly right now. And just like. Oh crazy i know i know it's nuts (laughs) so okay so um your oldest daughter is kind of three and a half years old so take me back sort of three and a half years four years um when you became a dad what changed about you or what has and maybe maybe not right at that time but how has that evolved over time or has anything changed it's it's really it's so difficult because at the same time that my wife was pregnant with my daughter i was opening my coffee shop Mm. um I was a manager at a Starbucks and I had been working in management for Starbucks for a while. And uh, I was leaving that job to do this other job. And there were so many life changes happening at the same time That's that tough. it was kind of like, all right, I got to like stop being selfless or selfish and start being selfless. And, um, you know, not that I was like only caring about myself when my wife and I were together before, but as much more like, okay, I need to make sure that she's good in her role. and like give her extra protection while she is pregnant. Um, and she had a little bit of rough pregnancy. She got really sick like every day. Um, so she was like on uh, meds and stuff for that. And like, it was hard for her to eat for like a couple of weeks at a time. So it was a lot of like, uh, I don't want to say comforting her because I don't want to be like, I was nurturing her because she's a rock star and has been throughout the whole thing. But it was very much like, let me take care of you as much as you'll allow me to take care of you. It's um, hard, right? Cause like we have no idea what they're oh going God, through nothing. and, and like, you almost feel like helpless. Like how do I 100%. make this better for you? Yeah. Right. That like and, that, and, that sacrifice that, you know, the mom has to sort of go through and, you know, pregnancy is amazing too. Like I, I know yeah. I'm not trying to make it sound like this terrible, awful thing, but it can be terrible and of awful course. at times. And, and we just, that's so easy for us. <laughs> we don't have to deal with that at all. Right. Except we to try and get be to there watch and it all happen. Yeah. It, which is, it's very hard. It's a hard thing to mm-hmm. swallow and feeling helpless in that situation, but trying to do the most you can while also like getting frustrated because just like a kid, it's like, she'll eat pizza one day and the next day, pizza makes her want to throw up and I'm just like but this is the only thing you're eating for a week why would you not want it now and learning to not get upset at that and like to just like let everything pass over it was a lot Mm -hmm. of like um again I'm very emotional so everything like my wife and I would talk about like if it got into like kind of a heated argument I would take so personally and like especially during that time I was like I need to let it all go she's right in everything Mm-hmm. whatever she wants I'm, I'm here for um or at least i like to think that i was that way uh she might have different words to say but uh yeah it was a very much a 
selfless thing. And I was, you know, again, still out with friends till late at night, like not doing bad stuff, like not even drinking, but like I'd be out playing board games till three in the morning or yep. video games or going to the movies at midnight, like taking everything and bringing it all back into like, okay, well now I need to like be with my home for a little bit and mm-hmm. make sure that this nest is good and everything like that. And even welcoming my daughter into the world is like, okay, well, you know, I can't go on tour uh, at least for a little bit, which it's funny. She was born in April. And I think the band was going to um, Canada to play Pooza Fest okay. in May. I think it was, is that normally when Pooza That happens? sounds right. Yep. So they're going up there and they're like, Oh, like come. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll go. Like, that sounds great. And then I was talking to my wife. She's like, I'm going to have a month old baby and you're going to leave me to go to Canada. I'm like, Oh yeah. What was I thinking? Like, yeah. I can't do that. And, and I mean, there are people who can, and you know, parents who have support systems in place that that's possible or like moms or dads that are in bands where it's like, that's their job. So they have every to family's to different, right? Yeah, absolutely. But for me, I was very much like, Oh yeah my family comes first and like, I need to be here for, for them. So I was like, Hey guys, I'm so sorry. I can't go to Canada, even though like this is our whole plan and we're going to do like a week up and a week back and all this stuff. Um, and it's like, I remember I had like two or three releases happening at the same time as like my daughter was being born. And it was just like, how do I, I need to make sure that like, these releases go well. Like, these rollouts got to happen. These songs are coming out. The record's coming out no matter what happens in my life. And right. like, I care about my band so much. I just want the best for them and for them to have the best experience. Like, how do I share my time in this? And there's a lot of like, okay, well, you know, between the hours of 2 a.m. and 6 a.m. when I'm not watching the baby, I'm working. And then, you know, when my wife's taking a nap, I'm watching the baby and, you know, I'll, I'll take a 15 minute nap and work in between all that. So it was, it was a fun fun couple of, of months uh learning how to be a dad and learning what it right. meant to be a dad and taking on you know actual work with that opening a coffee shop restaurant um being able to have p- time for myself which was still a very important thing um for anyone just to like decompress because yeah it's hard to be on all the time um so so how do you do that? How do you, how do you find that now? Like we're a few years in, but you've got a nine month old. How do you find that time for yourself? I, I try to stop working. I try to like close my laptop at like 10 or 11 and like, I'll just watch TV or movies or like listen to music, like with my uh, AirPods and then just like, try, that's my escapism. Um, whenever it's like during the day, during the week, like I'll play guitar and like, or I'll have band practice like once or twice a week. So that's like really nice to just kind of get away from the craziness that is my life. Right. And uh, just having those couple of hours is enough for me. Like it, it really is just Good. like not even paying attention to the TV, but just having it on and like noise, background noise and like letting my mind turn off for a little bit is a, a very uh, hard thing to do doing. Um, like yoga has been really nice and taking time to breathe and just like meditate. Uh, I used to like think that was like kind of bullshit until I actually did it. And it's been an absolute game changer for me. Um, Just like, I don't want to say finding an inner peace, but just being able to find like turn everything off and like listen to myself breathing and just actually relaxing is huge. And, super beneficial 
physically, emotionally, mentally, like everything. Um, That's so good to hear. Like, I think something that comes up a lot on this show is um, I think that parent, that transition to a parent, like loss of sort of self or individuality or something and learning how to kind of like step back and take that time for kind of self-care, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's important for parents, not just dads, but I think dads sometimes have a harder time with that is that self-care aspect. So like, there's a couple of things you said that, you know, breathing, meditating, yoga have come up a few times. And um, I think are like good things for people to think about as strategies to kind of help you step back. You also talked a little bit about, you mentioned a couple of times talking to your therapist and, and mental health is something else that comes up a lot on this show too. And so like, do you have any thoughts on that on like, I guess, mental health of dads, Um, the importance of kind of thinking about that, talking about it. Um, Yeah. What your experience has been like. I, I, I've always been uh, a proponent for mental health and like talking to a therapist, but I never put it into action until probably about uh, two years ago, three years ago. And I I think I had just reached a boiling point of like, I physically can't take anything else on my shoulders. I'm going to snap. And I was like, this should not be, this is not a normal way for any person to be. I do have a great support system. I have friends, I have family, I have a wife, I have a daughter, like all this stuff is great. Why do I still feel this way? And uh, I started um, seeing a therapist and it like, it was so eye-opening and so incredible about like talking about things that, you know, I subconsciously was going through that I didn't realize was affecting me or of how I acted or how I treated others or how I wished to be treated and like wasn't communicating about um, just kind of everything, uh, relationship wise, friendship wise, um, time management, uh, it's, it's all so important. And I think a lot of people, and, you know, I, I don't want to use a generality, but I do think a lot of people, um, don't feel comfortable talking to those closest to them about things that are hurting them, whether they think it's hurting them or not hurting them, um, or affecting them. It, it's hard to, for me, I love to be like the guy who lifts the mood at the party. Um, I never want to be a center of attention that's bringing everything down. I never want to talk negatively about myself or anyone else. Like, but I mean, ultimately I, I have to, I, I need to get it out and I never did. And I finally was able to, and like, not even just talk negatively about myself, but just like things that were causing me stress or anxiety or issues. And I remember my therapist taught me about breathing like properly. Mm-hmm. And she's like, do you breathe properly? I was like, what, like I breathe. I mean, what do you mean? she's like, well, do you breathe from like your chest to your stomach? And I was like, I don't know, like my chest, I guess. Like that's where my lungs are. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but she's like, oh no. Like if you think about it, like your chest is where you do like short breaths. Like, you know, when you're in a panic, you, you do chest breathing. But if you look at a baby breathing, they're breathing from their stomachs. And they're, you know, babies are typically kind of at peace and like when they're upset you see their ch- chest stuff and stuff and like, I've never thought wow. about that so she was like well uh here's here's like a book I think you should check out and like I'm going to teach you how to breathe a little bit and breathing from your stomach and putting your hand on your stomach and feeling your stomach expand and contract and like all the stuff and at first I was like oh my god this is like some hippie stuff like whatever and then doing it I was like yo this actually 
I feel good. Like I feel like my shoulders are a little bit more relaxed. I'm I'm a very high high strung person. Everyone like rubs my shoulders and like, oh, this feels like rocks. And I'm like, yeah, I I fucking know. I get it. Yeah. Um, but talking to my therapist is like, I actually like feel like I could breathe a little bit better. And from then on, she's like, I just want you to like, obviously you don't have to do this all day, but if you can do it that day, awesome. But I want you to start your day, you know, breathing for a couple minutes this way and ending your day breathing a couple minutes this way. And it's really helped me out so much. Um, so I, if you're able to talk to a therapist, I recommend it in any situation. You don't have to be going through a hard time to find uh, a silver lining from it. It could be anything. I mean, my therapist and I went back to talking about like things that I was going through as a child that might've affected me now and like why I do certain things now and kind of everything. Um, and it's very eye-opening because it's stuff I never thought about. It's just like, this is who I am. This is how I deal with these situations. It is what it is. And ultimately that's fine, but it's like, why do you do those things? And if you could change them, would you? And what would you change them to? And it opens up like Pandora's box in a good way. Um, yeah. You know, it's, I, I don't want to compare it to like getting high and finding that next level. But I mean, it's very close to like just being on another plane of realization. Um, which well, there is, is, is it like, is it like, um, is it kind of like true kind of relaxation or peace or something, even if it's just for like a moment, like that's sort of how I think about that feeling. Like, cause it's I, I'm just, yeah, that's kind of how I am too. I'm very kind of just generally anxious and thinking about what's yeah. happening next. And, <laughs> and those times when you, you kind of have that like pure joy or pure kind of peace when you're not thinking about all that stuff it's so powerful oh my um, gosh and it lasts it feels like it lasts forever which is crazy like you know i'll i'll sleep throughout the night for six hours and feel like i didn't sleep a wink but i'll breathe for three minutes and feel like i was like at ease for hours <coughs> so, so how crazy. how has that experience um i guess working through this with a therapist how has that impacted you as a parent it definitely um, has, and it's funny, like we, when I first started with the therapist, my daughter was born and I was kind of like asking her about questions about parenting. She's like, don't ask me, everyone's different. Like, here's what I do. I'm not going to recommend anything for you. You need to find that path for yourself. And I was like, okay, that kind of like sucks, but sure. Um, but it, it has been like very much a teaching moment of, Taking a step, taking a step back from the situation, being calm about it, and approaching it calmly. Because I think kids respond best to calm nature. Mm -hmm. They, I mean, they're already manic and going and zany as it is. Like having a little bit of normalcy is, I think, good every now and again. Um, and uh, I mean, my daughter responds well to it. She unfortunately responds well to me yelling as well, but <laughs> I think the message is clearly uh, registers with her when it's kind of like in a calm voice and not in a time of panic. <coughs> you know, we had, me, um, we had somebody on the show a little while ago who was talking about like the vibe of like dad walking into the room. And if dad's like, you know, that, that power you have over, 
over the kind of the situation in general that like when your mood is shitty like everybody feels that and when your mood's oh, not oh, everybody sure. feels that and and the, the power that has in a family and so i'm kind of thinking about what you're telling me here that even just just the vibe that like whether whether or not you're talking to your family even just being a bit more relaxed and and peaceful and and comfortable mm -hmm. that that effect that that has on your family right yeah it's it it's definitely a and my wife can tell immediately like when something's going on like uh, the way i sit down i think she's like what's up and i'm like mm -hmm. <sighs> and i just like unleash um but yeah you're absolutely right like walking into a room in a positive spirit they can they get that and you know they're feeding off that energy and i think it is a big energy thing um you know i'm i'm a big believer of we're all kind of on that same energy plane and everyone's kind of feeding off each other and you could see what's going on like even in a room full of adults you know when someone's having a bad experience. yeah whether or not they've said anything but the way that they're breathing a little heavy or the way that their eyes are a little bit peering, like whatever it may be, it's like, I can tell something's going on. Like, let's, let's bring it up. Let's talk about it. And let's like move on to what we have to do. Well, I um, appreciate you sort of sharing that experience. Like, I think it's so important. Like we were kind of talking about before for people to hear that other people are kind of going through some of the same stuff. I think it's, it's yeah. invaluable. I, I kind of told this story before, but, um, earlier this summer, I was talking with some friends in, in a backyard about, um, um, one of my friends has started medication, uh, for anxiety and mm -hmm. it came up. I was like, oh yeah, I, I took something too. And one of my other friends was like, oh yeah, me too. And someone else who was there was like, really? Like I had no idea. Like I've been kind of feeling, you know, like I'm having a hard time coping. And, and once we had that conversation, it's like, okay, like I'm not alone here. I, yeah. I just think it's so important to just share that stuff and, and break down those walls, like that sort of stigma, right? Because I, th yeah. I think it's like we... a toxic masculinity stigma yeah. that I think, I mean, I think like kids of the eighties, nineties, like we were brought to be like the tough ones where we don't talk about our feelings, maybe, maybe not. Um, but I think it definitely exists and it is like, I mean, there's, you can see the statistics of like, you know, suicide is mostly through men and it's mostly through men who don't talk about anything. And like, there's like a lot of things that can be not solved, but at least realized with just talking about it mm -hmm. and expressing it and getting it out there <clears throat> that you realize, oh shit, I'm not the only one who's depressed, um, you know, after my kid has been born, or I'm not the only one who's like feeling this extreme anxiety because of the state of the world right now but no one was really talking about it and once you do you realize oh shit you're you're also on meds oh shit you're also uh you know whatever it may be and just finding that common ground to be like this is a normal thing and it's like yeah like to to not feel away is abnormal like that is yeah, exactly. so weird and so far from any truth that you know, if you're stoic about everything, you must just be on another level. Like that can't be. Um, right. And it was even a very interesting thing talking to both of my brothers about this because they had been parents for a little longer than I had. Um, but like we had never really spoken 
about anxiety or depression or anything like that, but like just opening up with them and being like, man, I've been feeling this way. And sharing that common ground was just so comforting and relaxing being like, oh shit, okay, like this is good. This is good to know that, you know, I'm not the first one in my family to see a therapist or like I'm not the first one in my family to be a medication for something or whatever right. it may be. Like, cause I, I think it's just, you don't want to be shamed by it. And I don't think there's, there is shame. There shouldn't be shame on it. I right. think it's some sort of stigma about it. It's like, why? Like, why can't we just be open? Why can't we just talk about the shit and like make it okay? And I know that's very much the movement now, but just like, why was there ever a blockade for that? Right. It's so weird to think about. Yeah. Like, I think even just day to day, it's hard to talk about that. Like, oh, I'm really struggling with this. I'm having a hard yeah. time with this. Whether it's like something like, I don't know, I can't figure out how to fix this broken door or whatever. Like, I, I get that way. I'm just like, what the hell? Like, why can't I figure this out? Right. Yeah. Um, and you don't want to kind of ask for help. But as soon as you start talking about it with somebody else, it's like, oh, you've dealt with that before. Oh, here's how you do it. Yeah. And it applies to your coping too, right? Like, I think being a parent, um, becoming a parent, especially, but being a parent and going through those various stages. And I have, I have young kids too. So I have a, uh, just about six-year-old and a three-year-old. Um, oh, cool. But I hear from everybody, like, you know, it changes like when they're nine and they're 12 and they're 16, like it's just different problems. And, and um, yeah, I don't think anybody's expecting you to be an expert, right? Like the only I way you're going to possible to be an expert. Yeah. So the only way you get through it is by kind of drawing on the experiences of other people and mm-hmm. asking for help and talking about it. And even just getting it out is like the most important yeah. part, I think. I, and I think oftentimes like in your head, it'll be one way. And when you verbalize it and you're like, it, it goes from like being like this problem to like this problem, not in a bad way, but it's like the same amount of energy, but it's more spread out and you mm-hmm. don't have to focus so much time and energy on like fixing it. It's like, okay, it's not that bad. Like it sucks now, it'll get better. Um, and I think, I think that's a lot of parenting. It sucks now in this moment, it'll get better. Or finally, like it was sucking and like now my kid's sleeping through the night. So that's awesome. You know, right. any sort of like win, taking that win and like celebrating it is super huge, no matter how small it is. Like that's something also I realized early on is that there's so much to be scared and nervous about that if you're not also celebrating the small milestones, you'll get lost in it and it'll, For it'll sure. eat at you. Um, so, you know, stuff as simple as like drinking, drinking water or like eating solid food or taking a step mm-hmm. or like using the potty, like all that stuff. You need to celebrate that with your kids, with your partner, if you're able to like with your, your circle of friends. Um, I have a, a friend group chat of like, just the dads in our group and it's just funny oh. that we all just like we'll talk about our kids constipation or like yeah. whatever it may be you know what i mean like we're all dudes have known each other for the last 15 years who like grew up drinking going to see punk shows and it's like now we're all dads together and it's like it's funny to continue to grow with these people in different aspects of your life where it's like yeah. you know we've also grown apart as like we're not as closely knit as we once were because we have families now. And it's like, right. you can't dedicate 99% of your day to these other friends. It's like, okay, I'll see you 5% of my week. And like, that's if everyone's schedule works magically or whatever. 
Um, but just celebrating the wins is such a big thing that you have to like remember to do. And it sucks. Yeah. It's like, I need to remember to think about the good stuff that's happening right now, but it's, it's crazy to like go through my phone and see pictures of my daughter, like even as a one or two year old and be like, a, that feels like yesterday, but B, that feels like 20 years ago. Yeah. And what is time? And how are you this like perfect sentence speaking, sometimes brat that you are now? And before, like when you're learning to count and you couldn't like say words properly, like it's crazy to just see the difference in uh, what their capacity is. Yeah. Uh, but I think celebrating the wins helps focus time on on those things and like making sure you're in the moment, you're present for your kids. And that's something that I really try to do is like, we, we are very much a routine, routine based family. It's mm -hmm. like, I get home, we have dinner, we go for a walk, we give the kids a bath, we put the kids to bed, we do like a big family hug before bed. Cool. And like, that's it. And I think they very much look forward to like those things. And if those things aren't happening, they're like, what's going on? Like, we were supposed to take a bath. It's like, yeah, we're gonna skip a bath. It's late tonight, whatever. Yeah. Um, but just being able to like enjoy the family time while we are, because, you know, I'm, my kids are so far away from being out of high school, going to college, moving away, but that'll happen before I know it. You know what yeah. I mean? And that scares me so much of like not being present for any period of time of them growing up because it's so important. It's so fun. Like seeing them, like seeing their brains, like click into place and like, them thinking of things and coming up with questions of like what did she, like my daughter is talking about death all of a sudden and i'm yeah. like how do you know about death like where's that coming from but it's just like also how do i talk about death yeah, without yeah. scaring you and right having you be afraid of going to sleep and stuff like that but it's just uh it's a very interesting thing to navigate and it's it's a fun time it really is and watching them learn is like it's awesome it's crazy because I'm over here trying to like learn sign language. I'm like, I'm never going to get the shit. But like they're over here learning how to like walk and learning how to speak. And like my daughter speaks more Spanish than I do because they're like teaching words in Spanish and her daycare also. And I'm like, cool. this is awesome. Like, I wish I had that. I, I wish I would have paid attention to years of French and Spanish and stuff like that, that I learned in school and I never did. Um, so I'm glad that she's taking it on now. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Tell me what's sort of coming up for you uh, in the next little while with Smart Punk, Debt Neglector. I mean, you guys just put out a new album, which, so we, yeah. we didn't talk too much about it, but I, maybe you can tell me a little bit about the album and sort of the title of the album, the relevance of that. Um, Cause I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so we just put out a record uh, at the beginning of November called Dirty Water. Um, super proud of it. I, I love every song that it. it was, I mean, I would put that at the top of my album of the year for sure, but that's also obvious. I can't do that. Um, but we had been writing this record for a couple of years and just the insanity of what's been going on in the world, a, but more locally, the United States is just mind boggling. Um, Dirty Water is a reference to the Flint, Michigan water crisis that's still going on. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people thought that it was like, pay attention to downtown Flint, but there's a lot of neighboring cities that were also affected that didn't get as much news coverage. And it's really sad. It's like, 
if it weren't for the internet and people from those areas being like, well, what about us too? No one would know. And it's, I guess ignorance is bliss um, when it comes to that. But uh, that's the title of the record. That was the first single. Um, And this record is, it kind of touches on a lot of stuff. It talks about uh, how insane capitalism is. It talks about, um, there's a song, Alex, our singer, wrote a song for his dog that passed away. Um, His mental um, capacities as well. You know, there's songs about his depression. There's songs about just, it's a lot less straight on political and a lot more of like, here's what living in 2018, 2019, 2020. And we were even writing songs at the tail end of 2020, we finished the record. It's like almost 2021. Here's what living now feels like and what we're dealing with. You know, we're songs about the pandemic and how all these companies are making us come to work, even though everyone's sick and no one's like really doing anything about yeah. it. Um, a lot of weird shit, uh, but it's fun. Um, songs are fast. Songs are angry. Uh, and can we talk about how gnarly it sounds too? Like this is your guys' biggest you. record right like it's by by far crazy all all the records sounded really good but thank you it there's like i put it on for the first time i was like whoa like so tell me maybe about like a little bit about recording uh mixing mastering and how how that sort of plays into yeah sure so uh we had done or they had done the first lp and then we had done the ep at a studio here in town um and sounds awesome like you said, it's like super professional sounding. And this one we wanted to kind of take a little bit more time on. Um, not necessarily that we were in a time crunch before, but before it's like, first of all, everyone in the band is an absolute master of their craft. I am the least talented one. And I don't think I'm that bad, but they're just beasts. Like bass and drums are done in a day. Uh, Chris nailed the guitars. Like he would do multiple takes of stuff. And he's a very much a perfectionist. So like, he could have had good tires done quickly, but he's like, that's not right. That's not right. I need a different amp. I need like more feedback. I need this pedal on. Like, You're going to hear that much. forever. Every time you listen to it, right? That I little, know. if you don't go back and fix it. Uh, and we've had that where he was, he'll bring up like, man, I really should have done this. And so I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. It sounds awesome. Like this yep. is the way he's like, I know, but I could have, it's like too late. Um, but you would work on a record forever if you did it that way, because you're every day you're changing. Um, but yeah, so we, uh, we have a studio space in another warehouse, uh, next to us here at SmartPunk. We call it SmartPunk Studios. My buddy Ian, um, is like the engineer over there and we recorded it all there. I think we started July 4th of 2020. Um, so it was still, I remember it was still very much in the scare of COVID. Um, we all were fully masked the whole time and we were recording not every day, but like every other day we'd come in for like an eight hour day or a four hour day or whatever we can get in while everyone was still being forced to go back into work. Um, and we finished it in September. And I remember like Ian has a bunch of guitars. I mean, Ian is also a master at pretty much everything he touches. I I'm very jealous of what he can do. Um, but like, I had never been able to like choose gear like this. Like I had never been able to be like, oh, I'm going to use like this Rickenbacker on this guitar or on this song. And like, I want this like against me guitar sound. I want this clash yeah. guitar sound. I want this no effects 
sound. Like these are the things that I want to do. And we really got to be like, you know, give me that bad brains bass tone, like make it like crank a little bit and make it dirty. Um, You know, get these cymbals really washy, uh, you know, make it, we were, we had a lot of inspirations going to this record, be it like pup or drug church or Foo Fighters or um, offspring, like a lot of bad religion descendants, obviously a lot of stuff going into it of like, how do we take this hodgepodge of sounds and make it cohesive? How do we make it? We recorded 19 songs also, um, which was kind of crazy. And 14 made the album. We did a, uh, an EP. I think we put it out December of last year, January of, this year um, and we still have a couple of songs left that we haven't put out that we're like saving to do a split seven inch or something yeah. with um, something fun but it was just like what do we want this album to say like what do we want to perceive our band to be and like you know what songs are quote-unquote singles and what songs are like the ones we want to play live and that's a hard thing to choose like we we had I think 10 that were like this is like if this was the record it'd be great but let's make it a little bit longer. Like let's do like yeah. kind of old punk format, like throw in as many songs as you can on this record kind of shit. So we got it to 14. Um, and yeah, it was mixed by uh, Nick Diener, who does a pedal company now, he used to be in the Swellers. Um, he rocks, he's great. He's got a studio up where he lives up in Michigan now and then mastered at Blasting Room. So it was kind of like, really for me it was like fucking awesome because like i'm a huge swellers fan anything that comes out of blasting room i'm a big fan of like yeah. obviously all the bands that come out of it so it's just like i can't believe like my record got mastered where like this rise against record got mastered or like yeah. anything like that you know what i mean so it, it sounds so like, good it's it's amazing you. man the songs are great uh lyrics are like so much to sort of think about um yeah and and it just sounds awesome that's the first thing that hit me is like whoa this sounds amazing Thank you. i i would love for anyone to check it out obviously um it's even even the packaging um is really incredible which i will send you a record uh we did oh thanks man the uh oh of course um the insert we made on one side is an it's a cutout a die cut it's an inflatable gator and like all okay. the lyrics are on the other side and it's just like this really weird hodgepodge of like scanned in like um letters from like dollar signs or dollar bills and stuff like that and it's it's really the greatest thing i've been a part of and i i could not be happier to do it with the people that we did it with i could not be happier with the way that it came out like i love everything about it even going back to like old mixes and like pre-master i remember being like this is huge this is important like i don't know if we're going to change the world on this or i don't know if anyone's going to give a shit but that doesn't matter. Like to me, this is the best thing we could have done. Um, And I think we all feel that way about it. And, you know, even now we're like, Oh, let's do it better next time. It's like, how, how do we, how do we do that? And we're obviously going to try to, and hopefully we do because it was a lot of fun getting in there and like tearing apart the songs and rebuilding them together and like breaking down lyrics and breaking down harmonies. And now there's so much stuff that we've even more recently since last September, like put into our musical vocabulary that we want to do. Like I remember listening to um, Joey Cape on the Krista Makes podcast talk about May 16th and how he randomly would just do like backup vocals on certain lines. Yes, I listened to that episode too, yeah. 
I was like, I've never thought about that. Like, why does it always have to be on the, the tail end of the fourth line? You feel harmony. Like, why can't it be randomly on this one word? And I'm like, I'm going to try to do that. Yeah. Which is crazy to say, because I do that, like I'll yell a lot on the record or I'll do a lot of backups and then like playing it. I don't think about how I have to play it live. And I'm like, oh man, I have to like play this and do that part and sing this. And like, this is a three-part harmony. So now Chris has to sing it while he's playing this lead. And it's a lot of stuff that when you're in the studio, you're like, oh, let's just layer it because that's how yeah. it sounds best. And then we're like, oh, fuck, how do we play this live? Yeah. And then it's fun to figure that out. Um, yeah. So, so speaking of playing live, like, do you guys have, you guys have shows, tour? What's, what's happening? So we are doing, we want to take kind of um, the end of the year to chill out a little bit. Uh, not that we were like super active before, but we had like been putting out the record. We did Fest. Um, we did some pre-fest shows. We were doing so shows since I think the summer. I think we, in the summer we started doing shows once everything kind of like chilled out a little bit. And yeah. we knew that the venues here in Orlando were like able to practice um, safe spaces and like safe distancing and enforcing masks. Like we wanted to make sure that if we got together, it was under these proper conditions. Right. Um, but we weren't able to do any sort of Cedar release show just because we're all busy doing other stuff as well. Um, so we're actually doing uh, a three-band CD release tour with uh, Virginity, who's also on Smart Punk. They yep. released a record in October, and then our friends Dikembe. Um, cool. All, all three of us are going to do pretty much our album release tour throughout Florida. Um, Virginity, I think, or I'm sorry, Dikembe is going out to the Midwest uh, this month to do a couple of shows with Signals Midwest. And then uh, in January, we're going to be doing, I think, uh, Tallahassee or Jacksonville, Gainesville, Orlando, Tampa. Um, and just kind of like having a blast with it. It's uh, it's really fun because we've all kind of known each other for a long time. We had all been going to fest forever. And like now we're all, you know, over 30 years old. And like we still get to tour as if we were not 30 years old or whatever. And just kind of like rough it. We'll probably end up coming home back to Orlando every night. Right. But maybe we'll still like stop off and have dinner somewhere in between. Um, but yeah, so we got that going on. Uh, we're trying to plan out some other just like shows, one-off weekenders, stuff like that. Um, just because it, it's hard for me to tour and do the label and yep. be a dad and own a coffee shop uh, all at the same time. Um, right. And, you know, the other guys have their jobs and their wives and um, pets and everything like that. So it's, we, we decided that like, we want it to be the four of us playing live if we're able to. Yeah. Um, it's the best version of ourselves and we can kind of play it the way that we meant to play it. You know, uh, we all just play our instruments as we play them. And that's how they were recorded was we were all playing our own instruments. So we want it to come across live that way. Right. Um, so that was kind of a thing like, I'm very much like, hey, guys, I don't know if I'll be able to do everything, but if you want to go to Europe, like, do it. If you want to go to Canada, do it. They're like, we did it. We had fill-ins. Like, it was great. We want you to be there next time. I'm like, okay, but we'll have to figure it out. Um, but so hopefully, I'll kind of do it. Those weekend warrior type things where you, yeah. you do kind of three, four shows in a string or something and then exactly, come back yeah. and fi figure it out, right? Yeah. yeah, we will. You know, they did Europe, I think it was 2019. 2018, 2019, they did Europe. Um, and I had to go out to South by, I didn't have to. I got to go out to South by Southwest. We were doing a showcase there. And I was like, hey guys, sorry. I'm like 
hosting these showcases. I have to be there for that. And I just remember like them like sending me videos from where they're playing in Germany and like me sending them videos for like what's going on over there. And I definitely missed it. It looked like a lot of fun. They definitely got drunk and yeah. had a good time. <clears throat> and I'd, I'd love to do that stuff with them. It's, it's always a really good time when the four of us get together. Um, five of us, including our merch guy, Michael, he's great and very wacky, but he rocks. Um, so yeah, hopefully awesome. we'll be able to do some of that stuff soon. So for people yeah. listening, like, uh, so I'll put links uh, in the episode okay. and, and on YouTube and stuff like that to go check out the album. The album's amazing. Um, <laughs> so yeah, go check it out. It just came out earlier this month. So it's still new. Um, I guess in terms of physical copies, they can get that from Smart Punk. Yeah, Smart Punk, Bandcamp, we've got copies available. Um, over in the UK and EU, Spam Records has uh, their own colorway. Okay. So if anyone's listening from across the pond, you can get it from there. Um, yeah, it, it is a great record. It's, it's a fun listen. It's 14 songs in like 30 minutes. It doesn't get old. There's a little something for everybody. Um, and I think you'll have a lot of fun listening to it. I agree. Um, well, I want to thank you so much for your time um, and for coming and sharing your story, chatting about being a Absolutely. dad, chatting about your new record, um, Smart Punk. Um, any words of wisdom i know we said we're not giving advice but words of wisdom to dads out there listening you've talked about a few things you kind of talked about celebrating the wins anything else you want to leave yeah. listeners with maybe maybe dads to be dads to be um i think one thing that i really cherish uh i made a playlist for my daughter before she was born of songs that were like i, I thought would be fun to listen to like bath time songs or bedtime songs or like stuff that I would like kind of while I'm holding her in the kitchen, like dancing with her too, but also like a little bit of indie rock, like a little bit of like touch of me in it. And um, I actually made her a lace record of like all the songs as well. No so like one day I'm going to give her that and like, who knows if she'll remember it or even like be into it at all. But uh, just kind of like, be sure to be yourself with, with your kids. I, I think that's the most important thing and be your truest form at all times. Um, you know, I am very unashamed to be who I am now. I, I think I was a little bit more hesitant before, but I've since learned that like, this is the only me that will exist and I need to be okay with it. And I need to be happy about it. And I'm definitely coming to terms with that. Um, and yeah, like it's a fun playlist. It's, and it's fun to listen to now that she's four years old and she can like sing some of the songs back to me and it's great. That's also, an awesome uh, idea. I love that. Yeah, it's fun. And and just learn to not get tired of, uh, you know, listening to the same songs over and over because kids love repetition. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> something you're going to have to get used to. Get ready for those road trips. <laughs> yeah. The first road trip we took, I'm sorry to take up more time. No, 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 it's fine. Took, it's all good. Uh, my daughter was like, I think she was maybe a year at the time was obsessed with Randy Newman's you've got a friend in me. Oh, and like, nice. that was the only song that she'd be able to like sleep in the car to. So I would have to put that on repeat. And we were driving from like North Carolina back to Florida. And that whole way, that was the only song we listened to. So my Spotify rap that year was like, man, you were a really big Randy <laughs> Newman fan. And I'm like, yeah, I know. That's my most played song. I get it. Um, yeah, get yeah. But, that's I was just looking at mine today actually, and it's so funny how it's like yeah, Frozen Two soundtrack like right up at the top. There, that soundtrack's so. great. I love it. It is a great soundtrack. I have it on vinyl yeah. here, right here. So yeah, um, awesome. Yeah, it's good. Uh, 
yeah, all of our my uh, my dad chat, we were all posting that. It's like, look at all the Moana songs, look at all the Toy yep. Story songs. So funny. It's like, oh, and here's this Menzinger song, and like, here's this Pup song and Dirty Nil song. It's like, there's a little bit of me still in that. But if you get the Spotify for Kids app, all the songs are free, and it doesn't go into your uh, oh. Spotify stuff, so you don't get any weird like playlists that were curated for, you know. Disney princess songs and stuff. Right. right. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but yeah, it's it's sometimes nice <laughs> to kind of keep things separate for sure. Mine's just yeah. mine's like my whole family, so it's it definitely oh, not a representation of just me, but yeah. <laughs> That's why. <funny. laughs> well, well, thank you so much, man. Like, it's been great chatting with you. Uh, good Likewise, to meet you. Good awesome. to know you. Um, again, thanks for sharing your story with us. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to maybe one day in the future we'll see up here and in, in our neck of the woods. Love to come see you guys. I would play. love to. Yeah. yeah, I would love to come over there. I once love it the there. Uh, yeah, once the world kind of opens up a little bit more here, it'll be yeah, be a little bit easier. So hopefully, yeah, cross fingers your fingers, crossed. right? So yeah, <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Absolutely, Brad. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care. All right, that was Matt Burns on the Rad Dad Show. Thank you so much, Matt, for joining us, and thank you for listening. If you like this episode, it'd mean a lot to us if you drop us a review on iTunes or Spotify. And if you're looking for more Rad Dads content, find us wherever you get your podcasts or give us a follow on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at at rad underscore dads underscore show. And on Facebook and Twitter at at rad dads show. And now you can also look us up on YouTube for some video interviews as well, including this one. Lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting. And you can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime and in between time, stay rad.